Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, my friends, welcome. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. You were in the right place at exactly the right time. And how do I know this? Because it is the only time that we ever have, which is the present moment. Now, I'm not going to be all philosophical. I'm going to be very tactical in this podcast today. My name is Ryan Lee. If you're the first time listener, welcome to the game. Our mission here at Cashflow Tactics is to empower you, no matter where you are, to become financially free in a defined period of time, 10 years or less. Now, I think for a lot of people inside of the world of money and inside of our economy right now, they're not worried about financial freedom. In fact, they're not thinking about retirement or financial freedom or one day, they're worried about today. They're worried about what is ultimately happening in our economy and how that's going to impact their short term and almost, and for many people, wipe out the, the possibility of the long term. I think, you know, you mark my words, my friends, um, in the next couple of months, if not years, the definition, the concept, and the dream of retirement will be changed. We will use words as a society to redefine what was once the American dream because the reality of it will be it's not possible for most people anymore. But that's not why you're listening to this podcast. You're not listening to discover what's impossible. You're listening to discover what is possible for your life. And so to lead up to this, um, I think we can all agree that we're facing some pretty chaotic and uncertain times right now. There is no way to avoid the uncertainty that is around us all, all every single day, from inflation to the market crashes to rising interest rates to unemployment to so many different things going on. It feels a little bit overwhelming. And so um, what I want to share with you to, to get into the topic of conversation today, uh, really, this is going to be giving you the framework and the foundation to ultimately succeed. Because look, here's the reality. Wealth is not a number. I'm talking about financial freedom, but that is a way to quantify how much money needs to come into your life. But it's not really the definition of wealth. Wealth is not a number. It's a ratio. It's a ratio between time and money, a ratio between fulfilling and unfulfilling time. And I think that's really what we're here to help you accomplish. Financial freedom for us is not about one day. It's about living a lifestyle today, right now. But most people aren't able and willing to do that. Um, they're not capable of doing that because of the chaos all around them. And my friends, the time to prepare for chaos um, it's probably already gone, but I think there still is time to prepare so that you can not just survive crazy times, but actually thrive in them. And I want to give you a little bit of an example. Um, you know, we, we moved into a new home a couple months ago. And uh, it's, the, it's the fruition of a two-year project that my wife uh, has been highly involved with in designing and customizing and building a home, grateful to move into it. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, we move into the home, all the walls are empty, there's no pictures hanging up. And so we took all the pictures out of their saran wrap and put it next to the wall, next to the place that we wanted it to hang up. And, you know, I'm trying to hire a handyman to come over and hang the pictures for me. And yeah, we had a handyman come over and hang some of the pictures, but not all of them were 
we're hung up. And my father-in-law, my father-in-law shows up to my house. You know, maybe we've been in the house three, four weeks. Now, if you know anything about my father-in-law, he is the most genuine, caring individual I have ever met in my entire life. Every single home I've lived in, he has made better because he's come to it and imparted his skills and wisdom on the walls of my home, from painting walls to, you know, re-roofing a home to, you know, as of a couple weeks ago, hanging up some pictures in my house. But it was really kind of interesting, right? For a son-in-law... I'm trying to show my father-in-law that I'm a capable, strong young man. I'm capable and I'm worthy of taking care of taking care of his daughter. Uh, and he shows up and I have all these pictures hanging against, or not hanging, but leaned up against the wall where I want him to be hung. And he's like, well, why are all these pictures here? And I'm like, well, you know, we need to hang them up. He's like, well, why don't you hang them up? And I think I, I tell him, you know, I'm pretty busy right now with everything going on uh, with work and everything. And so I've hired a handyman. He's a little bit, you know, behind schedule right now, but he'll be over here in the next couple weeks to finish it up. And he's like, ah, that's nonsense. I'm going to hang up these pictures for you. And I'm like, no, no, Tom, don't hang up my pictures for me. But he insists and he's the most amazing individual. And here's the thing I know. If Tom does it, it's going to get done absolutely right. So Tom asks me the worst question that I could ever possibly be asked by my father-in-law. He asked me, Ryan, show me your tools. Where's your hammer? Like, show me the hammer and I'm going to hang up these pictures. And so I take them out to my toolbox in the garage. I dust off the toolbox and there's basically nothing in it. And the thing that's not in the toolbox is a hammer. There is not a hammer in the toolbox. In fact, there was a hammer, but it was like a kid's hammer, a hammer that comes with a kid set, you know, that, that you know, you give your seven-year-old when they want to start building, you know, matchbox cars. That was the hammer that was in my toolbox. And so I hold up this wimpy looking hammer and I say, Tom, this is all I got. So he promptly turns around, probably thinking, man, who the heck did my daughter marry? Uh, but anyway, turns around, goes to Home Depot, gets a hammer, gets all the things. And, you know, four or five hours later, boom, the house is immaculate. All the pictures are hung up. But here's the thing. I knew I have been needing to get a hammer for quite some time. I have not needed to hammer anything or hang anything up for the last several years because we've lived in a house where all the things were hung up. Didn't need a hammer. But I knew I should get one, and I thought about it several times. And in the moment, when the moment came that I needed to have a hammer present or ready, guess what? I was left wanting. I was unprepared. And my suffering was I looked like an unprepared fool uh, that didn't have a hammer when my father-in-law asked me for a hammer. So, guys, what does this have to do with your wealth and your money? Well, everything, okay? The, re- the reality of it is, um, you know, t- chaos is coming. Chaos, I would say, is here. And a wise person, someone that understands that the market runs in cycles, understands that this is not new, right? The chaos that we're facing is not unprecedented. It's not something that happens once in a generation. Nah, my friends, chaotic times happen. Now, there might be a lot of chaotic things culminating all at one time right now, but chaotic things happen inside of a market frequently. And so, if we understand this, then our our responsibility, our stewardship as people who want to become financially free and use money as a tool is to be prepared because here's the reality of chaotic times, right? If you think about chaotic times, it all comes down to your level of perspective and two people that are in different positions in life and with money and preparedness, um, they can have two different perspectives of the exact same circumstance that is happening, right? If chaos comes and I'm unprepared, then I 
look at that chaos with scarcity. I look at it with fear. I look at it with anxiety because I am unprepared to face the chaos that has landed on my doorstep. However, if I've prepared for uncertain times because I know that they're inevitable, then I can look at chaos and I can say, not only am I not afraid, what are the opportunities that are the silver lining behind and underneath all of the chaos? So that is really what I want to help give you today is a framework, really a step-by-step approach of how to be prepared for chaos, okay? Now, this is all documented and outlined inside of our workbook that we handed out at our last live event. We're actually going to be doing an updated version of this at our next live event here in a couple weeks uh, in the mountains of Utah at the end of October. So if you're not signed up for any of the things that we do, you might want to get your access to what I'm going to be walking you through today. But this is literally going to give you the ability to understand what you need to do to be prepared. So inside of Cashflow Tactics, we use a framework that we call the Wealth Pyramid. And the Wealth Pyramid, more than anything, is meant to give you a, a, a sense of organization for how your financial plan needs to be put together. Because here's the reality with your financial plan. All you need to do is you need to give every dollar a job. When you give every dollar a job, then that job that that dollar does is meant to, to, to really help you achieve an outcome. And that outcome is number one, being prepared, but number two, it's being free, right? It's being able to look at chaos and understand and know that you prepared for the thing before the thing ever arrived. You have the hammer when your father-in-law asks you for the hammer, okay? So the wealth pyramid, conceptually what it is, it's an order of operations to help you understand what should be done in what order. But what I'm going to be talking about with you today is the foundation of this wealth pyramid. In fact, there's two pieces to this foundation. The middle row of this foundation has to do with the dollars, the foundation foundation. I'll, I'll explain that at the end of this podcast. But the middle row uh, is divided into three sections. Okay, So I want you to imagine a pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid, the biggest part of the base of the pyramid, that's the first section. I'm going to talk about that at the end of this podcast. One level up above that is the second row of this pyramid. And this discusses and organizes how your dollars should be put together uh, in order of operations to then give you the permission to thrive A in inflation and be able to capitalize on the opportunities that will that, that, that this chaos will inevitably produce. Okay. So number one is we need to talk about the idea of reserves. Okay. Um, in reality, one of the biggest things that, that we see inside of the game of financial freedom is there's only two reasons that people ever fail in, in what we do. And I, I know that might sound crazy because if you look at traditional finance, there's a lot of ways you could fail, right? The stock market could crash. Taxes could go up. Um, inflation could erode the value of your 401k. There's tons and tons of different ways that you can fail in traditional finance. But in our game, we set up a game that you can win or win big. Those are the outcomes. You win or you win big. But in order to get the possibility and the opportunity of winning or winning big, there's two things that we have to be aware of and protect against in order, in order that we don't lose the game of money, the, the game of achieving financial freedom. So number one is people quit because what we do, achieving financial freedom, doing the opposite of everything we've been trained, taught, and educated to do with money, it's not easy. It might sound easy on a podcast. It might be easy when you're listening to this podcast in your car in a comfortable situation, but I promise you, I guarantee you, when it comes down to defying the logical brain of putting money in a 401k and riding the market out because the market is always up and doing everything that the financial advisors tell us to do, when it comes down to you actually doing something about what I share, 
logically, your brain is going to scream at you. Logically, uh, it is going to be very difficult. And the second something goes wrong inside of your game plan, right? You buy a house and a tenant skips town and doesn't pay rent. Um, you know, interest rates go up and you were you, your game plan was modeled with a 5% interest rate. Now it's a 6.5% interest rate. Like the second something happens in your game plan, that logical piece of your brain is going to creep back in and say, see, I told you, this is wrong. This isn't going to work. You should go back to traditional financial advice and get average results because at least we know average is safe. So number one, the reason that people lose in our game is they quit, right? They can't handle the stress of doing something different than everyone else. They can't handle walking away from what we call the cult of the average. They can't handle the ridicule and shame that comes from traditional financial advisors and friends and family that say they have their best interest in mind, but are only trying to keep you trapped in the cult of the average. Okay. And so in order to combat you not quitting, we've set up so many different things to help motivate you inspire you and help you drive through that that desire to sometimes quit that desire to sometimes go back to what is comfortable and just be complacent with that but the second reason that people lose inside of our game of achieving financial freedom is they get knocked out of the game okay they get knocked out of the game now my friends this is what is happening and what will happen at an unprecedented level inside of our economy over the next 12, 14, 18, 24 months. There is going to be a tremendous reset in the definition of retirement, a tremendous reset in what people think is possible, a tremendous reset in home values, in retirement account balances, in tax collections. There's going to be a tremendous reset in many different areas. And ultimately what this is going to do is this is going to knock people out of the game of traditional retirement. But the same is true inside of our game of financial freedom. If you're not prepared beforehand, when, not if, but when something unexpected happens inside of your game plan, right? When a tenant skips town, when you have a $20,000 make ready on one of your properties, when something happens, you are not prepared and you get knocked out of the game. Using leverage is the most powerful tool to achieve financial freedom fast, but it's also the most dangerous tool, especially when it has to do with finance. So in order for you to have the privilege and the opportunity of using leverage, which you talk about on other podcasts, you need to set a foundation that will allow you to thrive, that will allow you to main, maintain a steady hand in uncertain times. And that could not be more relevant than it is right now. So I'm going to walk you through what you need to have from a personal reserve standpoint. Okay, so number one, Number one, you need to have a set of reserves for your personal production. Okay, I want you to think about this for a moment. If, if you know, let's say COVID 2.0 happens and the economy shuts down and people lay, you know, employees and workers off, how are you going to survive? Like what, how are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to take care of your family? If you do not have reserves, you are just a ticking time bomb. You are, you are one step away from getting knocked out of the game and losing your entire path way to becoming financially free. So the first thing you need is you need a set of personal reserves. And the way I want you to think about your personal reserves is you need to think about the rep, uh, the ability to replicate your income and the volatility of your income. Okay, So there's two things. How easy, if you lost your job, would it be easy to replicate your income with another company, with another provider, with another um, job or, or startup business or anything like that? How easy would it be to replicate your income and how volatile is your income? Does your income have uh, a component inside of it that has to do with bonuses and performance and things like that, that might be volatile as volatile times arise. Okay. So we're going to look at your income under those two lenses. How easy is it to replicate and how volatile is it? Okay. So if 50% of your income comes from bonuses, then my friends, you have volatile income. The way I want you to consider this, if both of those things are low, if it's easy for you to replicate your income elsewhere, 
and your income is not volatile, meaning I can make $50,000 at this job or I can make $50,000 doing the same job with another company. If both of those two things are low, then you should have a minimum, a minimum of two to three months of reserves. Meaning if you spend $10,000 a month to put food on the table, to pay you, you know, utility costs, to drive your car around, minimum standard of living, then my friends, you need to have twenty dollars to $30,000 in cash set aside for uncertain times. The return that you get on that money is a return on your attention, not a return on your investment. And I get it. You're going to complain that it's getting destroyed by inflation. But my friends, in order to capitalize on the opportunities that are available in uncertain times, these reserves become your permission slip to play the game of finance. Okay. So the return that you get from this investment is not measured in how much, you know, return is it getting? No, it's measured in how liquid is your capital, how accessible is it, and how much permission does it give you to go out and play the game harder on the other side as it comes to investing. Okay. So number one, if your, uh, if your income is easily replaceable and your income is low, has low volatility to it, then you should have two to three months of reserves. If one of those things is high. So if your income is easily replaceable, but it's very volatile, it's a very commission-based job. So one high, one low, then you should have four to six months of reserves because what, what that, what that means is if your income drops for a little while because of uncertain times, you need to have the reserves to buffer that uncertainty inside of your income. So if one is low and one is high, you should have four to six months of reserves. And my friends, if both of them are high, if both your, if it's difficult to replace your income at the level that you're getting income and your income is highly volatile based on economic forces and factors, then you should have six to 12 months of reserves. Now, my friends, that might sound like a crazy, a lot of money, but I cannot tell you how much abundance um, the people that play our game have inside of their financial plans, knowing that they've prepped for the worst case scenario from the very beginning. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have all six or 12 months before. It's a process. It's an order of operations. You must be committed to building a foundation and maintaining that foundation as you go. And what does it mean to maintain your foundation? Well, it means if over time, if your minimum viable standard of you know re income that you need coming in is 10,000 today, but five years from now, it's 15,000, then you go right back through this order of operations. In in five years from now, when your minimum viable standard is $15,000, if your income is still easily replaceable and very low vol volatility, rather than having $30,000 in reserves, you now need to have $45,000 in reserves. Do you see what I said, what I did there? We just increased your reserves based on your necessity to have more reserves because your cost of living has gone up. So you need to have a commitment, a commitment, my friends, to be able to constantly look at your reserves and constantly sure those up. Because again, in the moment when you need reserves, you cannot go out and get reserves. So that's number one. Number two, um, as a business owner, as, as an individual, as a producer, you should look at your reserves as the permission to stabilize abundance inside of your life. Because I promise you, when you're operating from a sense of abundance, you will see possibilities that are there that you cannot see when you're operating from a sense of scarcity. Like if you go out and every, you know, your entire life focuses on you making one decision because you have nothing standing behind you, then yeah, you might make the right decision one time out of a hundred. But for most people, they cannot operate at a high level consistently over a long period of time operating from a, from a sense of scarcity. So your reserves are meant to give you a sense of abundance. I'm going to give you a little example on this, okay? So from a business standpoint, you know, we have the privilege and opportunity of employing so many wonderful, amazing producers inside of our, our, our organization. And, you know, when COVID started a couple of years ago, 
I'll never forget this experience. You know, Brad and I have operated our reserves inside of our business uh, in a in a very similar fashion. In fact, uh, in a business setting, we have six months of fixed expenses set aside in reserves always. Every time we hire a new person on our team, guess what? We up our, our reserves to account for six months of their fixed expense salary. It's sitting in the bank before they ever before they ever start. That way, we're always operating from a sense of abundance. Um, and and you know, when COVID started, a lot of our team members came to us with a level of scarcity and urgency. They didn't know what was going to happen with their jobs, with the company, as everything was shutting down. And, you know, fortunately, we we had prepared for this to a certain extent. But the thing that we were prepared for is we gave ourselves space, gave ourselves time. And what that meant is we sat our team down and said, you know what, um, we have probably have never shared this with you and shame on us for not doing that. But we've always followed this model where we have six months of reserves, six months of fixed expenses set aside always, which ultimately means I don't know what the next next three, six, 12, what turned into 24 months and beyond is going to pro is going to, to provide. But what I do know is we're ready for it. And because we're ready for it, we're operating from a state of abundance. Let's go out and find the opportunities. In 2020, we had our best year ever because everyone on the team was operating at a high level. They knew that they were taken care of. They knew that they then wanted to take care of the company and then also wanted to take care of the people that we have the opportunity to serve. So my friends, as business owners, you need to have your reserves three to six months minimum of your fixed operating expenses inside of your business as well. If you're a real estate investor, which I know many of you are inside of our community, my friends, you need to do the same thing with your reserves there. You need to have for every home that you have, you need to have a level of fixed expenses set aside in reserve. Now you can bundle your reserves over time, the bigger your portfolio gets, but here's the reality. Imagine you're an entrepreneur, imagine you're a real estate investor, and imagine you're a family person, okay? You need to have three sets of reserves. You need to have a personal reserve, you need to have a business reserve, and you need to have your investment reserve. That might sound like a lot of reserves, and guess what? It is. That is your permission to play the game. That increases the most important return you can get inside of your path to financial freedom, which is not a return on investment. Remember, I told you that earlier, wealth is not a number, it's a ratio, okay? And if you want a higher return on your investment, the dollars, the ratio for you is you need to have a high return on your attention. You need to operate as a producer. You need to see the opportunities that are always there and you need to stabilize the abundance inside of your life in order to be able to do that, okay? So your reserves, once you understand that you need to have them and now you have a framework of how they should be built, now you can start to consider where do you keep your reserves and how do you keep them? Now, I personally, like to have some cash, not always cash, but I have cash in the bank. I have cash on hand and I keep a lot of my reserves in one of my vaults. I'm not going to talk about the vault on this, uh, on this particular podcast. We've done several podcasts on the vault before. If you're curious about the vault, it's a uniquely designed investment grade, high cash value life insurance policy that gives us the same liquidity as a, as we're used to a bank giving us, but gives us a lot more advantages of keeping our money there versus a bank account. So me personally, I keep most of my personal reserves inside of my vault. On my business, we keep most of our business reserves in a business bank account. And on my real estate, I keep about 30% of my real estate reserves inside of a bank account and the other 70% inside of my vault. Okay, so that's where I keep those reserves. The other things that you can consider when it comes to reserves, if you don't have this yet, you should tap into lines of credit. You should have open lines of credit. Now, this is tempting, right, to use these lines of credit and to be irresponsible with them, but a line of credit can also be a reserve if it's opened and maintained in uh, a 
responsible fashion, okay? So those that's your first level of, of foundation is ensuring that you have the right reserves. That, my friends, is the permission for you to play the game that we talk about with the financial freedom formula, with using leverage, with the core four and the four pillars. Now, another thing that you should consider as it comes to building your reserves is the necessity and the need for insurance. Now, think about this. Most people, and I was the same way, when I first started to learn about the concept and the idea of insurance, the thing that I was trained, taught, and educated to do was buy, term, and invest the difference, meaning the underlining sentiment of insurance was it's a cost, it should be minimized, it should be avoided at all costs, and if you do have to have necessary insurance, buy the cheapest insurance you can and be more productive with your money elsewhere. What I'm telling you is insurance is the thing that will allow you to be more productive, and let me give you an example why. Okay, imagine Imagine this for just a moment. Imagine you having a very uh, aggressively, you know, I don't know, I'm, I don't know much about cars. If Brad were on the podcast, he could tell me what the best car is. But imagine having a really cool car that could drive really fast, that has a lot of power, okay? Um, and imagine you go out on a road that you've driven several times before, winding turns, you know, exciting thrill of being on the road with a lot of horsepower. You've driven that road before, but imagine you go to drive this, this car on a day that it's storm. It's overcast. It's foggy. The roads are wet. How confident and comfortable are you going to be driving on that road, even though you've driven on that road before? How comfortable are you going to be fully letting go the power of that car on that road under these conditions? And the reality of it is not very much, right? So this is what insurance does for you. I want you to consider for a moment: risk can either be retained by you; you can take all of the risk on yourself, or you could transfer risk to companies that their entire business is meant to facilitate risk. So you get one of those two options where you could maintain risk or you can transfer risk. That is what insurance does. Okay, insurance allows you to transfer risk. And think about this right now. One of the biggest things that we are you know, dealing with in chaotic times is risk, unprecedented risk with our money, with inflation, with taxes, with uncertainty, with political issues, with, you know, all kinds of different risks that we're facing. Um, and what if you had an opportunity to transfer those risks? Like, what would then be possible for your life? Do you think you might be in more abundance if you could just say, you know what, I'm not dealing with the risk of markets. I'm not dealing with the risk of taxes. I'm not dealing with the risk of government issues. I'm not dealing with the risk of, you know, whatever. I'm just going to transfer that risk. And I'm going to offset that risk to someone else so that I have my attention back to be more focused on production and building something of meaning. That's what insurance allows you to do. And my friends, we've seen the same thing in the game of insurance. When you need insurance, it's too late to get insurance. Okay, we have a client right now, a very dear friend of ours who's going through life-threatening brain cancer. Okay, I want you to consider that for just a moment. Life-threatening brain cancer. As of a couple years ago, he was healthy. He had the entire world in front of him. He had major dreams with him and his wife and his family of what they were building and what they were going to accomplish. And his game plan was focused on that. But in a moment of when everything changes, right, when his perspective changed, he realized that the, the, the space, the time that he had been given might be cut shorter than he had originally anticipated. In that moment, had he went to get insurance, he became uninsurable. But because he prepared for that moment before that moment ever arose, he now has offset and transferred all of his production risk to an insurance company, meaning if he's unable to produce and make money to support his family, the insurance company steps in and does it for him. So my friends, you 
you should have as much insurance as possible. That puts you in a state of abundance. If you could transfer risk, how much would you want to transfer? All of it. If you then should ask, be asked the question, how much insurance should you have? All of it. All of it. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have big cash value policies. You can have term insurance, but I want you to consider for a moment, have you adequately, adequately looked at the insurance needs that you have for your life to replace your income, right? What about disability? What if you're unable to work for whatever reason due to sickness, injury, or something like that? Home insurance. Just a couple of years ago, we had an earthquake. Now, we don't oftentimes have earthquakes here in Utah, but we had an earthquake and my house was rocked. And I called up my insurance guy and I said, hey, Jason, I'm, I'm just following up to make sure. Is my earthquake coverage sound and set? And he's like, you know what, dude, you're good. You've had earthquake insurance for years. And guess what? Even though I was worried about the earthquake and the aftershocks that we had in that, in that year, um, I knew that I was already taken care of. I knew that the, the assets, the things that I had built were insured. I had offset my risk to companies that were capable of dealing with it, and it allowed me to stay in abundance and, 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 and production, okay? So think about insurance from disability, earthquake, flood insurance, that kind of stuff. Now, the last thing I want to talk about inside of your financial preparedness game plan is the idea and the necessity to have a hedge, okay? Many people think about this idea of a hedge is something that will get them out of something that's precarious. Like think about the dollar right now. I think a lot of people are worried about the dollar. It's decreasing value and it's true, right? So a hedge is not an investment. It is meant, simply meant to offset risk. Do you see the theme that's going on in this, right? How do we offset risk? That's what the foundation's about. So a, a hedge is meant, it's not an investment, it's meant to offset risk. It, and it's an asset where you neither make or or lose money. It's just, it's meant to keep you in a position where you preserve neutrality, right? It's, it's wealth. It's a way to protect the wealth that you've created in times of crisis or an economic crash. Okay. So the way I want you to think about a hedge is what are all the external risks to your game plan that could knock you out of the game of becoming financially free? So think about this right now. Um, go back to, you know, two, three years now, Remember when COVID started? We can joke about it now, but remember when COVID started, what was the number one thing that people were running around like crazy people looking for? Do you remember what it was? They were looking for toilet paper. Toilet paper of all things. I remember like is, you know, news clips and videos of all the all the shelves are bare. There's no toilet paper. What are these, you know, what are these people going to do? They don't have any toilet paper. And I remember it's it's kind of funny now, but look, that was a very real moment when when people wanted something they didn't have it. And how do we offset the risk of ec economic calamities or you know disasters that that disrupt supply chain and things like that? Well, you prepare for them now. That's what a hedge is meant to do. Now, back in the day, I remember we would joke about it because guess what, my friends, we have a lot of toilet paper here, right? Is in food storage, right? Things like that. We've already prepared for this kind of stuff. And I remember when when this happened, we actually wrapped up little rolls of toilet paper in in saran wrap and gave them as gifts to our neighbors, just you know to kind of have fun with the moment. But look, the reality of it is, you need to offset the risk that is inherent in the, the precarious world that we live in. Like what if supply chain shuts down? What if you're unable to go to the grocery store? What if, and this isn't meant to make you a scared prepper out there that's worried about all the things that could happen. This is meant to, for you to look at reality and offset the risk so that when things happen, you're prepared and you're in a state of abundance. So here's what I want you to think about with the hedge. Okay. Number one, um, you need to hedge 
against um, hedge against risks inherent with the dollar. Okay, the dollar is something that requires a hedge against. And the thing I want you to consider with that is, you know, there's three ways. I think Robert Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki talked about this on one of his books, and I like the way he outlined different concepts of money, right? Think about it this way. Money doesn't really exist. Money is just a concept. We use dollars or, you know, ones and zeros inside of bank accounts to make it easier to trade and transact with each other. But in the end of the day, dollar, a dollar is just a concept. It's an agreed upon value of, of you know, what a number or what a piece of paper means and the value that it that it creates. So if you want to hedge the risk of the dollar losing its value, um, Robert Kiyosaki talked about the dollar being the government's money. It's printed and it's issued by the government. He talked about cryptocurrency being the people's money. It's the way to try to maintain an element of privacy in your transactions. And then he talked about um, gold and silver and precious metals being God's money. It was something that was created and put here on this earth. And so each one of those things, if you think about gold and silver, you can play the game of investing in gold and silver, but that's an active effort. I'm talking about having gold and silver as a hedge to offset the risk of the dollar. I'm talking about having cryptocurrency as a hedge to offset the risk of the dollar. Now, the other things you can consider for hedges, go back to the toilet paper example I just gave you, uh, think about this in, in very simple terms. You need to have beans, bullets, and band-aids, right? You need to have the things that will give you a sense of preparedness, give you the tools that you need to be able to defend yourself, to be able to care for yourself, and to, to be able to provide care for yourself should should this situation arise. Now, my friends, in the moment, you can't go about and prepare yourself. In the moment when supply chain stops, you can't go to the grocery store because there's nothing at the grocery store. All the toilet paper is gone. Now, the last thing I want to share with you of this is, um, is think about it this way. Tools without training are useless, right? If you have all the food storage in the world, but you have no idea how to prep, how to put the food together, how to you know preserve it, how to eat it, how to do any of that stuff, then what's the point, right? So you are the steward. You are the driver of your game plan. And when you have all three of these things in place, when you have your reserves in place, when you have your insurance in place, and when you have your hedges in place, you are prepared for as much uncertainty as the world can throw at you. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but that's going to help put you in a state of mental abundance versus mental scarcity and anxiety. And once you're in that position, you get to do the best thing of all. You get to do what I call a production pivot. How do you see and seize the opportunities that will be there during the chaos? The way you do it is number one, be prepared. Number two, be, be ready to take action. And that's the foundation of the pyramid. The foundation of the pyramid is all about production. I'm not gonna talk about production on this podcast due to the amount of time I spent talking about you know, toilet paper and my, my father-in-law having to give me a hammer, those type of things. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it gave you a framework of what you need to do to be prepared. My friends, this is not about digging a hole and hiding. It's not about sticking your head in the sand. It's not about crossing your fingers and hoping that it goes away. It's about taking stupid stewardship over your life. We get one shot at this thing, my friends. And although we're going through challenging times right now, I want you to consider for a moment, God put you here in this challenging time for a reason. You get today for a reason. Do you think you have today so you can repeat yesterday? Do you think you have today so you could be stuck in anxiety and mental desperation? Absolutely not. You have today so you can seize the opportunity of using your unique gifts, skills, talents, and services in the service of other people. 
That's where you're going to find a sense of fulfillment. That's where you're going to create what is true wealth that has a little bit to do with money, but more than anything has, has to do with your purpose and have, has to do with how much uh, the ratio between quality time and fulfilling time, okay? That's what you're shooting for. So my friends, with all of this being said, number one, go out and get a hammer. When your father-in-law asks you for a hammer, be ready. <laughs> That's my big lesson learned. And number two, don't wait for the chaos to take you out of the game. Don't get knocked out of the game due to the lack of your underpreparedness. Be prepared so that you can thrive in the midst of uncertain times because I promise you, as everything is resetting over the next couple of months and years, um, there's going to be tremendous heartache. There's going to be tremendous pain. There's going to be tremendous chaos as a result of massive underpreparedness. But on the flip side of that, that's what will create the massive opportunities for those who are ready to seize those opportunities. Opportunities don't go away. They just change shape, and oftentimes they hide under two or three levels of what we've normal. Like the opportunities, the last two or three years, they've been easy to spot. In times of abundance, everyone sees the opportunities. But my friends, right now they're hiding a couple. They're hiding in plain sight, but they're a couple levels deep. So you, in a position of abundance, will see them and have the confidence to do that production pivot with preparedness to be able to take advantage of them. So my friends, if you enjoyed this podcast, number one, the biggest favor you can do for me is do something about it. Do something about it. What lessons did you learn during COVID? The way you would have learned those lessons is what changes did you make with your finances, with your toilet paper preparedness or whatever it might be. But I'm, I'm joking with that, but I'm not joking. Like do something about it. Take this knowledge and convert it into wisdom by taking action. Until next time, my friends, join us on the Rise Up Live Free podcast, your one-stop shop for everything as it relates to empowering you in the game of money. Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free, and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.